In our first podcast of 2023, we do an Oscars roundup and a fireside chat. It's time for Movie Wallahs. Hi, this is Joe. Hi, it's Rashmi. And Yazdi as well. Movie Wallahs is your weekly but weekly dose of film reviews, movie news and general banter in theatres on DVD, online streaming or on the back of an airplane. If you love the movies, this podcast is for you. Greetings. Yay, we're back together again. Yes. It's a 2020. We haven't. Yeah. I don't think I'm having trouble saying 2023. It's a mouthful, isn't it? No, it's no, just two 2023. numbers. Twenty and twenty-three. Um, it's, it's like I keep writing the date is twenty twenty-two. Oh, so it's it's clearly I've got a mental block. Over. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> but yes, it's um, when it's our first podcast of the year. Yes, we always start slowly. Yes, we ramp up slowly. But you know, rumors of of our demise are very overrated. We're still around. Yes, definitely, <laughs> and still watching a ton of movies. Yeah, catching well, up. It's fun. I mean, we had the Globes. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They came and went. Yeah, I think like but everybody else. There's always picks. There's always things that you pull out of these. And the Globes do TV as well, so we, yeah. we always find stuff. Yeah, the Globes, but I thought they were dead and we would never hear of them again. And then somehow they managed to PR their way back into our televisions. Do you know what the controversy was? Because I don't. And if you don't, then let's not no, talk I about do. it. No, I do. I mean, they. it turned out that somebody published the membership of the voting party and they didn't have a single... Uh, black person on it oh and it's supposed to be foreign correspondence right uh, no. hollywood, hollywood foreign press so then and then there was there were a few occasions where they made w- some really members, right, they stupid made, choices they were given like large sums of or big gifts and they kind of no, those movies got picked no, and so no. there was what a was lot the of angelina jolie the, and the um, johnny depp the, the tourist was the tourist awful was so. that was early on in movie well, as I yeah think. We, and we i all, think they nominated them because they wanted them to come to the ceremony right. and blah 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 yeah uh, okay yeah i sorry. think they're popular i think you're right joe i think it's one of the only ones that combines tv and movie and it's one of the first large award they, they shows always, yeah, I was going to say, they always manage to have a presence because the Oscars are so much later. Correct. And so it's always been the way where you kind of think, well, this this kind of kicks off the bit, the big, yeah. the big awards. Plus they're kind of, yeah, they're a harbinger for the Oscars, but they're also kind of a boozier, more lighthearted version of the Oscars. <laughs> Correct. Like there's a lot of alcohol flowing on the tables and people say... And Ricky Gervais to. always does the Globes. Used to. Right? Used, used to do the Globes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> ah, well, yeah, they came and went, whatever. We're here to talk about yes. Oscars. Yes. Yes, given the nominations just came out last week. Yes. Yeah. This week, yeah. So Tuesday. I'll, I'll oh, is it Tuesday? My God, yes. I don't even know what day of the week it is. It <laughs> is Saturday. And you're saying I don't know which year it is. I'm telling you, time <laughs> is ticking by. Yes. It's, it's the end of January. We just said Happy New Year. The Oscars feel like, like they're late this year. They're, they're I think they are a little later. The ceremony is March, right? Correct. And it keeps doing that. I, I think we talk about this every year, but since with COVID, they pushed it really late. And they I don't think we've like ever kind of, of adjusted. March. Yeah. And then they adjusted it and they brought it back to March. I think they should be, they should do it by mid February and be done with it. It just lingers on forever. Yeah. I know that again, we, we bitch about this a lot on the show, but the whole awards game with everything getting crammed into, you know, the end of the year. And, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I wish, mean, it's, I wish there was a different way. You know, I wish there was like a uh, a, a way of 
A, not cramming it, but also B, getting the award shows out of the way so we can actually, it feels like the year doesn't begin in movies until September. After the, what? Until after the Oscar ceremony. Correct. Right? Oh, the, of the current year. Yeah. Because yeah, we're yeah, all yeah. kind of wondering well, what's going to be. Well, we're still catching up, right? I and mean, there's a list of stuff that, you know, I yeah. mean, this year I feel like I've done pretty well, even though I, I was behind both of you, I think, in movies watched. But um, there's, there's always the, the list of movies that are kind of fun to like, oh, I didn't know about that one. And and we shall talk about those. Yeah, and studios typically don't tend to release good films in in January through March because they know that the films which are getting recognized from last year, yeah. you know, are getting a second wind and people come and watch those. And yeah. So, yeah, it's kind Although of Although everywhere, everyone, everywhere, everything, everything everywhere. all at once. All at once was a very early 2022. I think it was a March. Movie. I think it was like a January, March. February, March. Yeah. yeah, first quarter. Yeah. Release. It was a so, spring release, yeah. And I remember that was the same for Get Out a few years ago. It came mm -hmm. very early and it seemed to ride the wave all the way through the year. I mean, we were just complaining ahead of the podcast, as we do. Um, we, were, we were kind of bitching and moaning about... Um, the fact that we get sent too many screeners mm -hmm. and then it's impossible to watch them all. So I'm watching stuff now and I'm like, oh, God, I wish I'd I wish I'd managed to watch that before voting. But you just don't get to everything. Yeah. You cannot get through everything. Yeah. I and, literally and, get and like a list of 70 movies to watch. And by voting, watch. you mean the San Diego Film Critics. Correct, yeah. correct. Yeah, and we delayed the San Diego Film Critics Society uh, nominations and awards this year to January. Typically we do it in December and uh, invariably every year you just have to make your best list. Yeah. Yep. And then you watch other movies and then you kind of, in your mind at least, if not formally, Correct. you readjust the list. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So I think that's how we're going to, just just to give our listeners um, some, some pre-warning, this is probably going to be a longer show. Uh, we're going to kind of, each of us has our best lists of 2022 and we're going to try and weave in what we thought is missing, what we thought is, um, should have, you know, what we're surprised about. Um, and we'll kind of give you our reactions. And the, f and the six categories we're going to cover are um, actress in a supporting role, actor in a supporting role, actor, actress, director, and movie. I have to confess, I'm not ready with my best movies, but I'm going to do my best. Yeah. So my list will not be definitive. It will be made up on the spot. Yeah, but what I'm saying is you have a you have <laughs> the movies you most enjoyed and we'll we'll tell you about the ones. And then as we go through, we'll mention any, you know, foreign language movies or things that we were impressed with that didn't make the lists overall. But we won't cover those categories formally. Okay, but I'm still ashamed of myself. I'm and ready. so you should be. Well, be ashamed all you want. <laughs> yes, you can wallow in while, your shame. While, while we buy time for me to find my list of 2022 movies that I'm going to talk about, um, why don't we talk about um, some streaming picks in our segment? I can't, I can't find, find anything, anything to, watch to watch on, on VOD. VOD. So, uh, yeah, let's let's. Are you ready? And yes, please, I am. please talk so at length while I search. <laughs> let me kick us off with a movie I think um, which recently appeared on Netflix. It's a favorite of all of ours. Um, I think there are a few uh, actor directors, writers uh, who I look forward to more these days in terms of a new film from them than Greta Gerwig. She has a new one coming out, Barbie, which is like an impossibly which difficult... Which we keep talking terrifying. about. Terrifying for I me. I can't even bring can't myself even, to watch a trailer. Yeah, I mean... Well, it's, plus it's got Margot Robbie in it, which is awfully yeah, scary Mar for me. Margot Robbie has had two back-to-back -back blockbuster flops with Babylon and Amsterdam. But anyway, uh, I think just the level of difficulty with taking on a movie about Barbie is just insurmountable. But anyway, I'm going to circle back on uh, a movie that was... 
that stars Greta Gerwig, but was written by her husband, partner, Noah Baumbach. Noah Baumbach, yeah. Um, and the film is Frances Ha. And oh, I love that movie. We love movie. Frances Ha. And I think it's, these days, we, these days people talk a lot about a movie just being a vibe, but I think no movie is as much a vibe as Frances Ha. It's just a feeling. It's It has kind of the, the loosest of plots. And it, the plot is about something that we rarely see in movies, which is about the breakup between two people who are not romantically involved. In this case, it's between Greta Gerwig's character and her best friend, um, played by Trudy Styler, I believe. Um, but it's such a wistful coming of age, learning, learning from your mistakes and kind of, you know, moving ahead while being kind of sad about how your life turned out kind of movie. It's just delightful. Um, it's very Woody Allen-esque. It's black and white. It's shot kind of like Stunning. some of those 70s yeah, yeah. Woody Allen black and white movies. Um, you just watch the whole thing and you feel like you have been with someone else. You've yeah. lived and she's delightful in it. So Frances Ha. Yes. Uh, just watch it just to know the the reason for the name of the movie. So, And yeah. it's funny you talk, it's kind of timely that you talk about a, f a friendship breakup because in essence that's the movie Banshees, Banshees of, of Inassurance yeah. so it's kind of timely that you bring up uh, Francis Ha yeah. so um, my recommendation is Physical the TV series which is headlined by Rose Byrne and this is a uh, a dramedy a dark comedy that follows um, a character through her journey of self-discovery via aerobics it's very um it's very 80s. 80s. Um, it's set in San Diego. Um, oh, is that right? It is, yeah. And it's delightful. Um, Roseburn, you know, we always talk we about how Rose much Burn. we love Roseburn. Uh, we are, Movie Wallace is a, a super fan of Roseburn. And we always talk about, you know, she hasn't quite had her moment yet yeah. where she's been given, given the stage. Wordy, yeah. And she carries this show. She is amazing to watch just her expressions and it's such a good story it's it's it gets a little fruity at times um but it's we've literally binge watched it in about a week i think and it was our antidote to dharma um which is not so um happy um so we literally can only get through one show of dharma i think a week it's it's so that's not what we're recommending it's very accomplished but it's absolutely... It's like watching a horror movie you know, it's, every it's, episode. It's it's just so unsettling. Yeah, it's so... It's, we, a, it's, so we a, very, it's a very disturbing show. It's, I mean, it kicks off with a, you know... So we're not talking about Dharma too much, but it, 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 it just makes me feel uncomfortable. I can't get through it without, like... I need eye bleach afterwards, you know? I need to, like, look at pictures of kittens or something just to kind of get my brain yeah, back out of yeah. this dark place it no, puts me yeah. in. Yeah. So, I have no so, desire to see it. Exactly, don't. So, no. we, uh, physical, we kind of stumbled upon physical because we were looking for an antidote to Dharma and found it and we've literally binge-watched physical. It's it's great. So that's my recommendation. And that's on Apple TV. Yeah, I'm not enjoying it quite as much as you, Rashmi, but it, it's it's fun. I think I'm such an 80s fan. And I think all its And I love the aerobics. Yeah, I think all its male characters are just such bozos. Yeah, they are. They are. The women are. The women are clearly the the. Um, no, the women are great. Rose Byrne fantastic. is just. Uh, she's a dream to watch. She's just, and I can't believe she's the same. Uh, this is a Rose every Byrne time you watch it. Joe before. says this. I look at her and I'm like, that's that. She's the same actress. I know it, but she. How is she so different from everything else I've seen her in? 
just so good. Rose Byrne? Yeah. Oh, yeah. She was in brilliant. Bridesmaids. She was in... And the, it's a Bridesmaids character that I'm thinking of. I'm like... She was this in is, Spy. This can't be the same actress. And she was in a very, very serious role on the series Damages with Glenn Close. If you saw that, she was, like, killing it with, like, just full out, like, you know, histrionics. But, yeah, she's... she Yeah, her, her ship needs to come in. My pick for streaming this week is... Um, it's a franchise that's kind of near and dear to me, but new to most people. It's the HBO's The Last of Us, which mm. is based on a video game that came out, I think, around 2013. Um, this video game is, is um, has a story. You know, it, it's set in a very kind of standard, kind of post-apocalyptic zombie breakout. You know, very standard kind of setting, but um, it's been much lauded as possibly the best video game of all time, certainly the best video game story of all time. And it's a franchise that has just been so precious to me over the years. I've, I've played the game multiple times through and, it, you know, I always used to kind of feel upset that if you don't play video games that you couldn't experience this particular piece of art because as a piece of art, you know, there's, there's lots of debates about can video games be art. For me, absolutely. Um, the artistry, the writing, the story, uh, the soundtrack, it, it just was this kind of perf perfect story um, of um, two characters who find each other in crazy circumstances and it's all about their relationship and how it develops um, over time. So it's called The Last of Us. HBO have adapted it and there's a video, you know, they, they, often, they often talk about the video game curse where video game adaptations that, uh, uh, you know, that become movies are generally catastrophically, hilariously, laughably bad. There's very few that make the translation from uh, something that's an interactive piece of entertainment to uh, what is, you know, a movie that or a TV show that you can watch. The difference here is that Neil Druckmann, who directed the video game, has got together with Craig Mazin, who directed the HBO series Chernobyl. Mm. Um, he's a huge fan of the game, and to, to, together they've adapted it over about nine episodes. Um, it, it is a story that needs nine episodes or ten episodes. It's not the kind of thing that you could cram into a three-hour movie, so I'm glad they didn't do that. And so far, so good. We've watched one episode. Um, it's running at over 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. So critically, it's been incredibly well received. Um, and I have to say, the first episode um, has um, so a few of the key beats uh, of, the, of the game that, that work really well. It starts to establish the characters. And I'm really excited about what's going to come. So... Um, and that's high praise coming from you, I think. It is, because honestly, um, I, I, was, I, I didn't think that this could work as a game, uh, sorry, as a, as a narrative drama, only because so much of the way that the game works is it puts you in the place of the protagonist, right? So, so you, you develop this relationship with the other character over time. There are long periods in the game where you're wandering around with really not much in the way of, of game stuff to do. And they write, they read lots of dialogue. So there's these very gentle moments, very, you know, moments where characters can kind of breathe and you can see who they are and you interact with them and they respond. So anyway, it works really well. Last of Us on HBO, so far so good is what I'll say. So uh, I've heard that the, the pilot of the show is just, just outstanding. 
And that the, the, the fear amongst most people is that there's no way they'll be able to sustain what they have. But even if they're not able to sustain it, it's, it's a great way to start. Uh, I haven't seen it, but yeah. Yeah, the pilot's 90 minutes long. It's a movie. Um, if, you know, the less you know about it, you know, and that's why I'm very careful about what I say here. The less you know about it, the better it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's beautiful about the way that this story will develop is that there are multiple kind of gut punch moments, which... You know, one laughs about the emotionality of a video game. It's like a video game, come on, how? But it's, it's all about writing and characters. And when when it's done in the right way, it doesn't matter whether it's, you know, through a joystick or, you know, TV screen or you watch it on your phone. Um, art can speak to you. And, and so I'm just excited. So let's recap. So our VOD picks were Yazdi, you chose. Francis Ha, streaming on Netflix. Rashmi, you. Physical, the, the TV series on Apple TV. And my pick was The Last of Us on HBO Max. Plenty to watch. All, all episodic... I con- know, oh, yes, he picked a movie today. Never mind. All right. Let's, let's get into why we're here, which is the Oscar nominations came out uh, in the past week. And as always, it's a very exciting time for us as movie reviewers because... And I, I don't know why I get excited. I mean, there's a part of me which is, did I... Did I see what the Academy saw? Like, yeah. Did, did I, you know, was I right? Was Were the movies that I liked um, the ones that are going to be celebrated here? I also get excited because there's always stuff to find, right? So most years there's always a movie or two that I'm like, oh, I that wasn't on my radar or I need to go see that now. So a bit of a mixed bag this year. We'll talk about them as we go through. But um, how about you guys? Do you, I, I, I don't know why the Oscars are so important, but... They well, are they're, the, they're the best of the best, supposedly, right? right? It's the it's the piece de resistance of movies, and it's the one that everyone listens to. I think more than anything. Here's so when my you thing. Remember. Go on, yes. Do you go first? No, it's and then the I'll same give thing. It's, thing. It's, it's it's the highest honor in yeah. cinema, regardless. E- even though France has its own awards and exactly, you know, Britain has its own and so forth. It's generally acknowledged that you have made it when you have an Oscar. So I think that's what everybody's, and it's inevitably so political it always has been will always be <laughs> so there's there's a lot riding with and, and a lot of it is yeah how do my own tastes agree or disagree with you know what the cumulative academy has uh considered their best five yeah in each category I, I guess i am getting a little disillusioned <clears throat> because every year it feels like more and more as we've said the problem is that all the movies come at the end of the year and so as we've discovered ourselves it is impossible to watch every single movie. And so I feel like the issue is the Oscars become the least disliked of the it's it's the movies that most people can agree on as opposed to the best movies. And I can't think of a better way to do it. And I like the fact that they do the one, two, three, four, five, and it has waiting. I actually like that now. But I do believe that the, the studios need to get better about giving us movies ahead of time because otherwise you just end up with the Fablemans and Avatar, the, the big blockbusters, because because everyone isn't going to get to watch everything. And if you have a name like St- Steven Spielberg or, you know, um, um, who's Avatar? Yeah. James Cameron. Get- James Cameron, then they're going to be the ones that you're going to watch first if you have a, a, a pile. Sorry, I'll get off my soapbox. There's this very well... Uh, agreed upon concept it's called recency bias which is that when you are thinking of the best you automatically think of something you've seen more recently 
So, you know, studios totally are aware of that. And so there is an Oscar season, you know, in the fall, they tried to release all their, you know, prestige prestige films there. But they are actually, we say this every year, they're doing themselves a disservice because Mm -hmm. there's only so much oxygen left in the room in December. And if you are the 14th good film to come along, you're just not going to get that much debate and even exposure. So they need to find the sweet spot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't know how to fix it. I, w- I would love for there to be some some forced way of releasing movies through the year for considerations. Like, you know, so many films from Q1 get on the list, so many films from Q2, yeah. so many films from Q3. And if you want to, you know, maybe that would surface more interesting things. Right. Force studios to put things out. At it. So that's why this year, I think it's all the more remarkable that the movie which got the most number of nominations, which is Everything Everywhere All at Once, actually was released on March 10th of 2022. So the very fact that a small indie movie with not that many big name actors sustained interest and not only sustained it, you know, overcame everybody else, including the ones released in December to clinch the most Oscars, say something about the popularity of the film. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's get into business. Let's get into it. So Rashmi, I think you're going to kick us off. Sure. I can do actor in a supporting role. Go for it. Okay, so the actor in a supporting role, we have Brendan Gleeson and um, Brian Keegan in The Banshees of Inisherin. So two for Banshees already. Brian Tyree Henry in Causeway, Judd Hirsch in The Fablemans, and Ki Hai Kwan in Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Joe. Yeah, you know, um, I'm not really excited about any of these nominations here, I'll be honest. I mean, I feel like um, Brendan Gleeson's always terrific, uh, but Banshees just didn't work for me. Same with Barry Keegan, always terrific. But that movie, that movie just didn't, just didn't work for me. I've not seen Causeway. Um, Judd Hirsch in The Fablemans was not particularly memorable for me. So, and, and Kihu Kwan, um, sure, that that was good. But that movie in and of itself, I have... Some problems with it getting this level of critical recognition. Although like we all loved it. I loved yeah. it. No, I mean, it's funny because, you know, while we were buying time, I was pulling up my list of movies for the year. And just by my, my, my rating alone, thank you, Letterboxd app, by the mm-hmm. way. Yes, you love Letterboxd. my bacon on this all podcast. Time, yeah. um, it, it, it literally is my third movie of, of the year wow. in terms. Of, so I love the movie, but it's, it's really funny that, a movie that I can enjoy as much as I did would never kind of spring to mind when it comes to, you know, looking at acting performances. And so, so yeah, not a list I'm very excited about. Okay. Yasti. So, uh, <clears throat> I, I'm kicking myself because like you, I have not seen Causeway as well. That's the, that's the small independent film with, uh, Brian Tyree Henry and Jennifer, uh, Jennifer, Jennifer, <laughs> I'm having a brain fart. Oh, Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence, thank you. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, about, uh, it's about a, a deployed uh, soldier played by Jennifer Lawrence who, uh, uh, who returns back from war and has a really hard time fitting in. So it's supposed to be this very small little independent film. And, you know, Brian Tyree, Brian Tyree Henry has been doing great work for a long time, at least for a few years. I actually had him on my list. I've made a list of my own best supporting actor. I have I have him on my list for best supporting actor, but for another film, which is oh, Bull- wow. which is Bullet Train. Remember him on it? Yes. So he was so good. Uh, he as well as Aaron Taylor Johnson, they were the the duo on Bullet Train. So uh, I'm happy for him. 
the one thing I want to say about this year's Oscars in general, at least for the acting nominations, is I think whatever they were trying to fix, they are getting there. Because Tom Hanks made a lot of movies. He's not on any list. You know, previously, I think there were a yeah. lot of Oscar voters who were not actually watching the movies. They're not doing their homework. They just see a familiar name and they tick it. They're Meryl like, Streep. well, if Meryl Streep is in a movie, then we need to nominate <laughs> her. But this year, out of the six, out of the 20 nominees, right? So five each for male supporting actor and supporting actress and five each for male lead actor and lead actress. Out of the 20, 16 are first time nominees. Wow. So the overwhelming- That's wonderful. Yeah, the overwhelming majority is first time nominees. So whoever has been voting for the nominations, they've done their homework. And you will see that again and again with very unexpected names popping up. And I think Brian Tyree Henry or for Causeway is, is one such. Listen, I, you know, everything everywhere all at once, as well as Banshees of Finisher are in my top five. And so I, I, I have no problem with them, especially uh, K.Y. Kwan, because he, you know, he was, he, he's been in, in movies. He was in like Raiders of the Lost Ark and he was, you know, he kind of walked away from cinema and he came back and it's, mm -hmm. it's a wonderful role for him. It just makes such a good story. I think the only one who doesn't belong here is Judd Hirsch. I'm in, I'm in general not a fan of the Fablemans, but if you had to pick somebody from the Fablemans, I would have picked Paul Dano, who has such, oh, goodness a, me, yeah. such a better arc and such a but more difficult But I guess he role. would be actor in a leading support, like he would be lead actor, right? Not supporting. Possibly. I mean, uh, Michelle Williams got nominated for Best act Actress in a Lead Role, but Judd Hirsch has like a really showy, devicey kind of five minute in the movie. Yeah. And yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah, I don't think much of it. Yeah, I'm actually a little bit disappointed in this one as well. I love the movie, the movies, The Banshees of Inner and I'm sure that's going to come up as mm -hmm. we go through the... Um, the categories because it did really well as well. I don't think Brian Keegan deserves a best supporting here. I'm actually very sad that Colin Firth or Michael Ward didn't get yeah. um, nominated for Empire, Empire of, of Light. Light. I have it I'm that. also sad that Mark Rylance didn't get any recognition for um, <coughs> Bones and All. Bones and All. Mm -hmm. um, and... You know, also, I would say Chris Hayward for, for Brian and Charles, which was a very small independent movie that came out around middle of the year, I would say, last year. It's a very strange movie, but but Chris Hayward, I would have put for, for um, best supporting as well. So, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a bit disappointed that there was some other really good, again, unknown talent, mm -hmm. small talent, um, even, even Leo Grand. That's um, what I, I was going to say. So Daryl McCormack yeah. for, you know, good luck to you, Leo Grand. You could argue whether he belongs in best actor male supporting or, yeah, actor or yeah. male lead supporting actor, but he, he was just incredible in that film. Yeah. So I think, yeah. I think this, this one feels a little bit throwaway. I'm not super excited by this category. I think uh, Kay Huai Huan will get it just from a time perspective. And I think Judd Hirsch is in here because it's, again, maybe it's his time to get recognized. Well, Judd Hirsch, you know, again, we like we like these stories. Judd, I think it's been like 42 years since Judd Hirsch got his first nomination. So, oh, wow. you know, just the whole arc that he started so early and now he gets one. I think it makes for a good story. Yeah, and the only other people I would have liked to have seen here, which I, even I realize is very unlikely, is, you know, we saw the movie Emergency a while ago yeah. on Amazon. And the three leads in those Correct. were so, they were so incredible good. Yeah. In, in their own way. Yeah. So, 
I would have liked either, you know, RJ Seichter, Sebastian Chasson or Donald Watkins from that. That's true. But anyway. Great, great call. Yes. So let's move us along to best performance by actress in a supporting role. So female supporting role. The nominees are Angela Bassett for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. The first time anyone in the MCU gets an acting nomination. Is that right? That is right. Goodness me. Uh, Hong Chao for The Whale. Yay. Jamie Lee Curtis for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Stephanie Su, also first time nominee. Remarkably, Jamie Lee Curtis has never been nominated. This is Jamie Lee Curtis's first nomination as well. Wow. Um, Stephanie Su for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. And Carrie Condon in The Banshees of Inner Sharon. So, okay. Yeah. So, again, um, I don't know what Angela Bassett's doing here. I mean, she was okay. It wasn't an amazing performance that had me in tears. I just don't know what she's doing here. Everyone else I can agree with. Um, I I like that everything, everywhere, all at once. I keep saying I think they're nominated because they were literally doing five little miniature movies with five different arcs and five different characters. More than five. So I get that. Yeah, more than five. I'm kind of averaging it at five. I get why that why those are there. I'm disappointed that Dolly De Leon for Triangle yes. of Sadness wasn't nominated because yeah. I thought oh, yeah. that was a phenomenal performance. And she got a BAFTA nomination. She got a Golden Globe nomination. Correct. And it's a shame she got left correct, out. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Um, and then um, I don't know whether we would call. Um, the two leads in um, She Said, which was a phenomenal movie, whether they would be supporting because they were supporting each other or they would be two leads. But again, saddened by by their absence in in all categories as well, because I think She Said was a really good movie. Yeah, I don't have much to add to what you said there other than Hong Chao in The Whale is possibly my best, my favourite acting performance of the year. Um, That movie... Have you seen it yet, Yasti? Yes. Okay. Uh, so, because I know at the time that we reviewed it, you hadn't yeah. seen it. And, I'm not the biggest fan. And, but yeah. Yeah. It's a polarizing. Remarkable. It's a polarizing movie. Yeah. But that 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 performance she delivered there was was just so so impactful. Um, so um, just so well judged um, that I'm, I was you know I, I think I immediately called it out on the podcast because I was like. Like just hand her the trophy. I mean, it's there's a it's a really difficult part to play, and um, I don't know. I just thought she nailed it. So I was, I was just delighted. But not much else to to say here. Yasti. Yeah, my favorite actually. I, I have a soft spot for Carrie Condon and the Banshees of Inisherin because while you know everybody talks about the two male leads in the film, I think she is the sweet kind of wistful heart of the movie, and it's 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 a role that I think she's made more out of the role than how it was written. So I, I, I really like her. But I would, you know, Oscar predictions become so rote that by the time the actual Oscars come along, you know, everything kind of falls according to what everybody had predicted anyways. But the one category where we do see surprises is in the supporting actor-actress role. So I hope that Hong Chao actually gets it. Only because I'm, again, I'm not the biggest fan of The Whale, but I agree she's very good in it but also because she was in a very good role in another movie doing something completely different, which is in the menu. That's you know, right. She, yes. was, she was the lead. You're right. She was the main right-hand man of yeah. Ray Fiennes who played That's the chef. Right. Yeah. And she was so good in that. So, 
you know, she was in the movie Downsizing a while ago. And I was, Correct. That's right. And, you know, I thought that I, people were talking about her for Best Supporting Actress and I, I, I didn't get her. And I think I realize now, shamefully, I didn't get her because she did such a good job playing the character she did in Downsizing. Correct. It annoyed me, but she was meant to be annoying. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it would be good for her. I think Angela Bassett, um, you know, she she has a lot of emotional, you know, with what happens with her character in the yeah, movie. Yeah. She has a lot of emotional support. You know, first MCU nomination, etc. It's a big part, but it it, it requires it, it requires overacting, and and she 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 delivered the overacting that the part required. <laughs> Plus, you know, I, to give credit where it's due, a lot of her character, the reg, the regalness of her, comes from the costumes, which are amazing, and which have know, been nominated her, too. Which have also been nominated. The only person I see missing, other than Do- Dolly the Leon, that Do- Dolly the Leon that you mentioned for the Triangle of Sadness. Is Lashana Lynch in The Woman King? Uh, you know, yes. she was so yes. good. I watched that movie and thought, God, if she's not nominated, it would be a shame. But she was so wonderful good in that movie. And I think you yesterday. said that during the podcast, actually, yesterday. Yeah, and as Lashana well. Lynch is also in, she's so versatile. She was in the Bond movies and she. She was in No Time to Die, but she was also she's also in Matilda, the the musical, which is on Netflix right now. And have you listened to her voice? It's like it's like a crystal. Such a beautiful, clean voice. Who knew? So, you know, I'm just amazed by versatility. So so let's go on to yep. best actor. Actor Act- in a leading role. That's Joe. Sure. Uh so the nominees for actor in a leading role are I feel like I, I feel like Rizamid. I know. Um <laughs> Austin Butler for Elvis, Colin Farrell for Banshees of Inisherin, Brendan Fraser for The Whale, Paul Mescal for After Sun, and Bill Nye for Living. What do you think? Um, there is nobody here that I really, uh, you know, that that I bemoan. I think in their individual movies, they were very, very good. Bill, this is Bill Nye's first uh, nomination. That uh, Living is one of the movies I did watch. It's just delightful. Uh, and he is so good in it. It's a very delicate role, and he's he's wonderful. I mean, he was in Love Actually like 10, 20 years ago. Oh, he's been in everything been in all everything of the time. British, yeah. Yeah. Um, my personal favorite, hands down, is Colin Farrell. Uh, because, again, his he's been around for so long, and he, he hasn't gotten his just dues. And... Uh, you know, he's been in a few movies this year again, and, you know, this one is kind of his uh, crowning achievement. He's also very good in After Yang, which is the sci-fi dystopian movie. Yeah, he's very good in Yang. Yeah, yeah he's very good in After Yang. Yeah. I think probably the emotional vote will be for Brendan Fraser because, you know, it's... Again, I, I don't I don't bemoan it at all. He's wonderful in that movie. If that movie... It's a you transformative know, lifts, role. Yeah, if the movie lifts at all, takes off, it's because of his eyes and, you know, so much non-verbal acting he does there. Plus, the story of his comeback is so wonderful. Um, the reason why I, I'm happy that uh, for these nominations is, again, Paul Mescal for a movie, a little movie that, you know, it's a... I, I mean, I, trust me, we haven't talked about this movie. I watched this movie and I'm like, that's all there is to it. And I was kind of scratching my head. But that movie has kind of stayed with me and it... It's it's more about what it doesn't say than what it says, but it's a very delicate performance. It's everything is between the scenes. He he doesn't do much, so I'm glad that whoever is you know ticking these boxes, they are you know being open to all kinds of performances. 
Uh, the only person I would like would have liked to see here who is not in here is either Michael Ward, like you said, for Empire of Light, or Jeremy Pope for The Inspection, which was, again, the small movie about this black kid who goes to the uh, Navy uh, to kind of change his life around. But Oh, and I would have loved to see Sterling K. Brown from Hong for Jesus Save Your Soul, but that's not going to happen. Uh, what do you guys think? Okay, so um, I am happy to see... Um Brenton Fraser in the whale. I think that's my favorite. I love Banshees of Inner Sheeran, but the whale just really, really moved me. I think there are some pretty big omissions here. I'm I didn't love Austin Butler and Elvis. I didn't love particularly the movie Elvis. And I Me neither. I yeah. think costume <laughs> and that's really it, right? Yeah. He is really I, good. I'm I, disappointed well, that he's in here. I don't want to take anything away from him per se, but I do think that um, and I'm not going to say any actor, but a competent actor yeah. with, with all of that glitz and costume and yeah. production and direction around them is going to look good. And I don't want to take, I don't want to pull that away from his performance because I think he did do, he did do really well here. But yeah. I never, I never believed in him as Elvis. Me neither. I, I didn't, believe, like, I didn't uh, think it, the it face like went a, with the voice. It was, well, it was. It always felt like a stage play. Correct. Where. You know, you're going, you, you know, you go to Broadway, you know that that's not Elvis, but it's somebody playing Elvis and that's great. But the really well done versions of those movies, like when I saw, I don't know, uh, Anna de Armas in, or in right. Blonde, I don't see Anna de Armas, I see Marilyn Monroe, right? So here I never saw Elvis, which is the name of an album that I had a, year, a long time ago. I never, never, never loved Elvis by the Wonder Stuff, sorry. Segway. L- listen, the biggest surprises of the entire 2022 movie watching season for me is that, you know, Elvis, the movie made like $288 million. Why? How? Yeah, <laughs> it's not a good movie. It's not a good movie, but people have a lot of emotional, you know, bandwidth for Elvis, the person. And so they went and saw it. I actually, I actually think a lesser actor. So Elvis, the personality was so larger than life and so over the top at least the parts that we saw, that I think any other actor trying to do an imitation would be laughed at. And the fact that we are not laughing at Austin Butler's <laughs> performance is say something. Well, I have something to say about that, Yes, I think the reason we're not laughing at Austin Butler is because we had Tom Hanks to laugh at, and that completely <laughs> took me out of the movie. That's such a... Anyway, so awful, this yeah. isn't a review about Elvis the movie. I mean, we haven't done a formal review of it. Yeah. I, I'm disappointed that Austin Butler, in, in his place, I would have either put... Um, David Earl again from Br- Brian and Charles, who was just amazing. And Brian Charles, uh, sorry, um, David Earl is a, a well-known actor in the UK, but I think he did a great performance. It's very nuanced. Adam Driver in White Noise, which I know Joe hated the movie White Noise, but I thought Adam Driver did a really good job in White Noise. Um, Harris Dickinson in Triangle of Sadness. That was, remember Harris Dickinson was just in um, the movie. Crawdads. Yeah, Where the Where Crawdads the Sing. Thing doing an American accent. So complete versatility, very nuanced role. Loved him in that. Nicolas Cage in The Unbearable Weight of mm. Massive Talent. Phenomenal movie. Totally missed. And then I would also pick Billy Eichner for Bros and uh, Daniel Jimenez, uh Chado, I think. Chado is his name. From the movie Bardo, False Chronicle of a Handful of Truths, which was the most recent um, Alejandro Inaritu movie, which was phenomenal. So for me, mm, 
I, I unfortunately didn't watch Living. Yazdi, that's the only one I haven't seen here. Yeah. Um, I don't think this is Colin Farrell's best work, but I can I can support it. Paul Mescal. Um, look, I really liked the movie. I really, really, really liked After Sun. I think it's a very subtle performance. Is it Oscar worthy? Perhaps not, but it's a great performance. And he was actually in a much better TV series, which I've not, which yeah. I've, uh, which I've. Um, it's suggested before called normal people right. he is amazing so in normal people if you want more paul mezcal watch normal people yeah. and the lead of where the crawdad sing was also in that movie as well correct and paul mezcal was also in the movie that uh coleman uh what's her name uh, olivia olivia coleman uh, uh what was the movie last year where she plays that um oh my the father no, no, the other one where she's at the oh, beach. Oh, um, uh, the daughter one. The daughter, yeah, the lost daughter. Yeah, he, she, he was in that too. Correct. So Paul Mascal again. Of course, he is. He, he's only twenty six years Correct. old. Correct. Uh, he's been in some good films. Yeah, I would not. I would not ordinarily pick Paul Mescal, but I just love that he's picked for it because. It's not a flashy role. He never once raises his voice in the entire yeah. movie. And he's not yelling or screaming or arguing with anyone. It's a very delicate performance. And I and you know, there are layers of depression a, that is that is implied. There are layers yeah. of, you know, self hate which is implied. And it's all what happens between the scenes and he pulls it off. So yeah. We watched After Sun last night. So I mean this is you know, it's like a mini really? review of it. But I mean uh it's a I think you predicted that I would hate it and that you could not be more wrong, Yazdi. Oh, um, this, you did not hate it. No, okay. it, it's, I, I was frustrated by it in that I, I wanted more. Mm. And like you have said already, um, this movie exists between and outside of what we see. Mm. Um, and it's haunted me all bloody day long, this movie. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm struggling to get it out of my conscious mind. Never mind my subconscious, um, because it it's so um, it's so economical with what it does. And his performance, like you said, Yasti, is is you know it's not it's not one of those. There's no big big moments of drama. I had a horrible sense of fear um, throughout the entire movie about um, what was something going bad might happen yeah to happen and the movie played with with that as well but um as far as performances go i mean i i, I made the comment yet yeah, rashmi at the end of the movie saying yeah, really this is best performance be best actor because I, I i felt like i was missing those big moments but yeah bravo to to them for 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 recognizing him the shoe in for me is brendan fraser uh brendan fraser rather because it is that big transformative oscar you know that we do you there, mean Colin is, Farrell? No, Brendan Fraser for the whale. Oh, okay. Sorry, sorry. Yes, yes. Um, simply because I, I can just see the clips. There's, there's like, yeah. there's, there's a hundred clips to choose from <laughs> yeah. in the whale of these big moments with with tears and shouting, and um, it's just going to be like an easy one to kind of you know recognize somebody for. But um, yeah, no, 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 nothing else to say on this category. So why don't we? Uh, Oh, yeah. Very good. No. Okay. Next, then, is actress in a leading role. Okay. So, best performance by an actress in a leading role include Anna de Armas for Blonde, the, uh, the movie on Netflix about the life of Marilyn Monroe, Kate Blanchett for Tar, 
uh, Michelle Yeo for Everything Everywhere All at Once, Michelle Williams for The Fablemans, and Andrea Riseborough for Two Leslie. Leslie, sorry. So, uh, who wants to go? I'm happy to as well. But this yeah. one's exciting. It is. Yeah, this one is exciting. I think no, this is a very good list. Um, the only one I wouldn't put on here is Michelle Williams in The Fablemans. Mm. And I would substitute, and unfortunately, I haven't even seen Two Leslie. I hadn't even heard of the Nobody's movie. Heard of I don't movie, think movie, anyone has seen The movie Two Leslie. Leslie. Yeah. And we can talk about the, the um, contention around that. Yeah. Here are my, my replacements. Where is Regina Hall for Honk for Jesus? That yeah. is an absolute crime that she's not on the list. Absolutely. Um, Aubrey Plaza for uh, Emily, Emily the, the Criminal. criminal. Taylor Russell for Bones and All, and Anna Maria Vato Lemay, who was in The Happening. Mm. I would have substituted Michelle um, Williams for any one of those. Um, Anna, De we just watched Blonde very recently. Anna de Armas, and I didn't love the movie Blonde. It was actually very depressing. I couldn't watch it. Yeah, just couldn't, couldn't watch I couldn't it. I actually, it. Sure, it's yeah, a it's a chore to watch. Yeah. And I love. I'm. I'm. As we've said many times on the podcast, I'm fascinated by history in the U.S. of the 1960s. So I lap up anything Marilyn Monroe, Kennedy's, blah blah blah. Mafia, Kennedy's. Yeah, love. <laughs> just love that era in in history. Um, Anna de Armas was phenomenal she was transformative um i if everyone watches anna de armis in blonde i think it will she will give kate blanchett a run for her money in tar that said kate blanchett's performance in tar is amazing yeah i i cannot fault anna de armis it's 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 a movie that hones in on presumably on presumptively the worst parts of her life and it's just and it's just a chore to watch her being repeatedly degraded in the movie it's a really hard movie to watch but never for a minute do i fault anna de armas i mean considering how she looks physically her 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 inhabiting that role again very high level of difficulty playing somebody absolutely playing pretty much the most famous woman who ever lived it's a very high level of difficulty and to just come off like that uh, is amazing uh, I, I don't think Michelle Williams belongs here either. She's a great actor, but she plays this kind of plastic sprite of a character in the movie. It's just all buffed off. You know, she, I think he's too afraid to show his mom in too negative a light. So she comes off like, I don't know, this pixie fairy, whatever thing, which whatever. I think she's been so much better in so many other movies. Um, in addition to Regina Hall in Honk for Jesus Save Your Soul, she deserves that nomination. Aubrey Plaza in Emily the Criminal. Yeah. I would also include Emma Thompson for Good Luck to You, yes. Leo Grant. I would include Karen Gillan for the for the movie Duel, which was so good. Uh, it came out. It's it's from the director of uh, The Art of Self Defense. Oh, I um, love that movie. Wiki Creeps in Corsage. And then I would also include Florence Pugh for The Wonder, which she's so good. And even in Don't Worry Darling, a much maligned movie, yes. she's tops. She's yeah, that's great. true. So I would include all of those. Uh, for me, I think everyone agrees this this one is going to be a, a two-hander. It's, it's a race between Kate Blanchett and Michelle Yeoh. Yeah. I think technically amongst all of these actors, as fine as Anna de Armas is, I think nobody is as good as... Kate Blanchett, but my heart 
is for Michelle Yeoh. I think she's yeah. a goddess and she is finally getting her due and she's been around for like decades and I would just love to get, I mean, Kate Blanchett has two Oscars, you know? Yeah. Let but it's a performance have. of it's, a lifetime, you know, Yazdi. I know. mean, every performance that she gives is amazing. And I, again. This one is just the level of difficulty. Yeah. And I think, oh. and, and, and again, much Tom, as yeah. I've said that Michelle Yeoh had to play five different or f more than five, she was still Michelle Yeoh. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's her time. Sure, yeah, I, I get it's a time thing. I said it at the beginning. I love everywhere, everything everywhere, but it, it's just not. Um, uh, you know, I I don't want to take anything away from any of the work that anyone did here, but it feels to me as if um, it's just it's it's just managed to obtain a lot of mind share this year because of its originality. And I think it's pulling out a lot of these things for that reason. I didn't admire the acting in it. When I came out of the movie, the, the, that was simply not on my list really? of thoughts mm. was, you know, the movie was creative, original, and the actors did, you know, wonderful performances. And, and it they, was a they feel all, good. They all carried what they needed to, but I didn't come away with that sense of like, you know, I won't see a better acting performance this year, you know, uh, for any of them. Again, I hate to be so dismissive of, of the work that they've done here. Um, yeah, it just didn't just didn't resonate with me. Tar is, is one where it, it the movie itself is pretty difficult, if I'm honest, for me. Um, but the performance is just mesmerizing. And Anna de Armas, you know, again we're repeating ourselves, but she inhabited the character here, and and I think I didn't look at the screen once and think that's Anna de Armas. In fact, you Rashmi, you kept saying, God, I can't believe that's. Because she she looked like Marilyn Monroe, and not because she physically looks like Marilyn Monroe, but she embodied and captured mannerisms. But um, yeah, that was terrific. So let's talk about I mean, the elephant in the room. Oh, sorry, Duke, go ahead. Well, no, I mean uh, the the only one <laughs> the only one that I think is is missing on my list for, for that category is um, Gal Gadot in uh, Death on the Nile. I only said that to annoy Rashmi. I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. Okay. I just wanted to see Rashmi's face if I said that. Did you see the face you I wanted? I saw, I saw that. In fact, I, I wish I could Instagram that face. <laughs> I've not That's seen, just mean. I've not seen a bigger grimace <laughs> this year so far. She was adequate. No, she was yes. that movie was not. Yes. <laughs> I know. So let's talk Seven about... Seven raspberries. Yeah. <laughs> no bananas, just raspberries for that one, Joe. <laughs> so let's talk about Andrea Riseborough for To Leslie. Yes. So To Leslie is a movie that came out in October. It made a total of $27,000. Okay, 27000 That's like four, screen, four, four full auditoriums, right? Uh, <laughs> nobody had heard of it. It kind of came and went. The movie was not pushed at all. Um... And then the Oscar nominations came out. Well, actually, before the Oscar nominations came around, um, somebody, I don't know who, I think people say it was Howard Stern, actually, who was friends with the director and the director's wife, Mary McCormack, who was in Dances with Wolves and other movies. So she's the director's wife. So uh, he kind of started beating the drums for this movie, saying, look, this little movie, Andrea Riseborough is great in it. And then it kind of became a cause celebre. It became like, you know... At, at when um, when Kate Blanchett won her Golden Globe, during her speech, she called out Andrea Riseborough and nobody had heard of her. And it kind of started this movement within Hollywood where Amy Adams and Gwyneth Paltrow and, uh, you know, 
all these uh, uh, Susan Sarandon, all of these actors started showing screenings of, of um, you know, to Leslie. So I'm kind of fascinated by it because, you know, there's so much money and so much campaigning and so much politics mm. that goes into it. Yeah. And instead, the the actors who are in this profession are the ones who said, hey, let us start a grassroots effort and let's email everybody and let's start showing screenings. Last minute, like this happened in the last two or three weeks. And so she landed up with an, with an Oscar nomination. I'm sorry, I'll just say a couple other things. No, no, one that's is, interesting. I didn't know this. Yeah. One is that there is a lot of uh, pushback against it. There's a lot of bad invective against it because people thought that her nomination came at the cost of Michelle Deadweiler until as well as Viola Davis in The Woman King. So they think it's a racism kind of thing where, you know, deliberately two black actors got left out and they picked a white actor. I haven't seen To Leslie, but I love No the, one has, nobody if you're has. not an actor. <laughs> if you're not an actor, but I'll... And this this morning we found out that the there's been so much backlash that the Academy has decided to do an investigation on how she got nominated. Yeah. Which is a, I mean, look, I haven't seen her in this movie, but I've, we've all seen Andrea Riceborough in so much stuff. And, and she's, she's great. Great. She was in Death of Stalin. She yes. was in 100, she was in The Possessor. She's in so many good movies. I feel it's really bad form to kind of begrudge her for getting nominated through the voice and activity of her well, own peers. Yes, yeah. Yeah. So I also on. read yeah. that there was an email released from the wife of the director, and this is the contention, that she wrote to a number of actors, including Kate Blanchett and Ed Norton, and it said something like, and I uh, don't quote me, but it was, too, I'm paraphrasing, it was something about if 215 of us vote Andrea Reisberg in position number one, because remember it's weighted right. average if you put Andrea Reisberg, all it takes is 215 out of a thousand and something of us to put her in right. position one that will get her a nomination. So it's it's that's the contention, right? Apparently, the Oscar rules, if you have something to do with the movie, you should not be doing the um, fanfaring or the, the PR. And I think that's the problem, right? If you... It was gamed, you mean? It was gamed, yeah. That Well, it's going to be investigated, right? Um, the implication is that The it implication was is that it was gamed and that that kind of throws water on. If you, if you, if everyone starts putting, well, let's put this people in this position. Um, but, but I think you have to inherently believe in it. If I, if I have a precious Oscar vote, I'm not just going to put somebody at number one because somebody sent an email out. You have to buy into that performance or buy but, into the movement. And we don't know what was yeah. given as a result, right? right. We don't know if it was say, a quid pro quo. If that, but if that person was on my list and somebody said, look, not sure. enough people have seen this movie, put her as number one, that way she gets recognized. You would That's the gamification. Because yeah. I'd be like, yeah, she was already number four on my list, right? I'll, I'll I don't mind putting her in number spot. one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, there you go. That's the... So the Academy formally forbids people from sending a mass email to all the other Academy members saying, hey, I saw Kate Blanchett and Tar and nobody can be better. Let's all, you cannot do that by email. But right now the Academy has no rules for Instagram or, you know. How do we fix this? All the this? social media. So that's, that's that this is what's brewing Especially right now. Especially when, when I think it? it was I a think... great year of performances and we didn't even well, mention, I mentioned, she said like um, right. Carrie Mulligan and um, Kazan, uh, Zoe Kazan. Zoe Kazan, who did a phenomenal job. Neither of them were 
yeah. um, nominated. So I think, unfortunately, in a year where there have been so many good female performances, this is the wrong year. Would we be happier to see a sixth one added or take, have her taken off and, oh, and replaced? But how do you fix this? You would have to take her. You don't. You'd have to take her vote off and have them whoever either revote or yeah. whoever was next on the list. Ooh, but this is my thing is, if I had I, again, I, sight unseen, I haven't seen two Leslie, uh, but I would rather champion Regina King or yeah. or Aubrey Plaza, or, Regina Hall. Or, 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 sorry, I keep saying Regina. Yeah, King. you do. I'm gonna like <laughs> stop putting a jaw. <laughs> Regina Hall. <laughs> Aubrey Plaza, Emma Thompson, any of those, but it's it's interesting that this movie for for this actor kind of got got through somehow. It's ninety seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and no, it's I'm a six ninety nine. I'm sure it's a great it's movie. It's a six ninety nine rental, so maybe I we, think we, we should can watch it. Watch this and yeah. talk about it soon, yeah. because I think that's uh, that's yeah. Yeah. that's sad. The game, if it, if it has been gamified to the extent uh, to the expense of someone else, I that that's well. It also leaves a taint, right? I think unfortunately now. It will leave a taint in people's minds. It's it's yeah. like the election was stolen. Yes. <laughs> yes, Joe. But I but anybody can think of twenty such actors that they would like to champion every year. And yeah. it's weird yeah. that somehow somebody Maybe because it came out late and I think if it came out late and it, October and it was a remarkable performance, maybe that right. was Well that then the PR agency no, no, should have on. done something, I know, right? But they, but they no didn't money, yeah. and would it? What's the bigger crime? That there was some gamification, or that uh, one of the best performances of the year didn't even get a chance because the movie was the latter for inadequately me. distributed. The latter yeah, the for me. What's yeah. the bigger crime? Right. That's, yeah. 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 No good answer to this. It's a great debate. Okay, so we're going to move on. So directing um, is Martin McDonough for The Banshees of Inner Sheeran, Daniels, the Daniels, Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, Steven Spielberg for The Fablemans, Todd Field for Tar, and Ruben Ostland for Triangle of Sadness. Joe. Ooh. Um, <coughs> so... This is where I take back everything I've said so far on the podcast so far about everything everywhere all at once because achievement in directing is really where I think this movie's strength lies, right? I think there are lots of other wonderful things about this, but assembling this mess into something <laughs> coherent and, you know, I mean, I'll, I'll say that they got a little bit of a hand in that, you know, we all watch Spider-Man into the multiverse, which, uh, into the Spider-Verse, which gets across the concept of a multiverse really well but still piecing this together into an you know an a to z narrative that is coherent and funny and entertaining and inventive and and so many other things is uh yeah i'm really pleased to see that here and again it would never it, i just it, it didn't. It wouldn't have occurred to me walking out of the movie to to kind of put them up there. But super, um, Fablemans, whatever. Uh, Spielberg is here because he is Spielberg. It's the laziest one. Yeah. Um, everything else, I'm I'm okay with. Uh, Banshees is not Martin McDonough's best work, um, for, in my opinion. Uh, and yeah. So, anything you would have liked on the list. Probably, but I can't think of it right now. So I'm, sure, I'm surprised neither of you said Maver uh, Top Gun. 
We'll talk about that when we get to best picture. Okay. Um, but right. I mean, I don't think it was a, a stellar piece of, of. I don't think it was a perfection in terms of directing any, anything that we've talked about so okay. far. All right. What it was was a very entertaining top tier blockbuster movie, yeah. uh, and I'm delighted that we have space for that on a list. Yeah. But a lot of people had thought that Tom Cruise would kind of sneak in for best actor, but no. no. I mean, I would have put who was um, who was the female lead in that. Um, Jennifer Connelly, yeah, yeah. As, as a best supporting over Tom Cruise as a best actor. If I was going to pick an actor out of that movie, yeah, that was the performance that I thought worked worked best. But okay, so hold your thoughts on Top Gun, Yazdi for directing. Yeah, so the Academy keeps going back and forth. We, for the longest time, through most of the Academy's history, there used to be only five Best Picture nominees. Then somewhere in the late no, 90- we're directing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. okay, sorry. I was yeah. like, oh, no, don't. And then, and then they changed it and they made it anywhere between five to ten. And we had like ten. Seven last year. Yeah, so we had seven. And, and now since the last two years, they have said, no, it's going to be ten, right? So we are now living in the time when, whether you like it or not, there's going to be ten nominations every year. So I like the best director category because in my mind, from those 10 movies which are nominated for best film, the ones which also get nominated for best director, to me that means that's what the voters are saying. Amongst those 10, these are the top five. So that's how I kind of interpret this. And so I'm the one which is just a wonderful, wonderful surprise for me here is Ruben Oslin for yes. Triangle of Sadness. I mean, he, it's, this is a movie which is not even 100% in English. Um, maybe 70, 80% is, but, you know, I just love and I love everything Ruben Oslin has done. And I, I, it's so great that he managed to clint this. This is the most prestigious of all, getting a Best Director yeah. nomination. yeah. I think the hate for Steven Spielberg for The Fablemans is justified. Uh, it's a very mediocre film. Uh, he, uh, but mind you, I'm still a big, you know, Spielberg, fr- I, Spielberg oh, no, fan. Oh, totally, yeah. Spielberg has been amazing. Bridge of Spies is wonderful. The Post is wonderful, whatever. But this movie is not so good. Um, Todd Field, yes, he deserves it for Tar. It's a very very precise, very surgically constructed movie. Long takes. Long takes. So I am, I am, and, and then you yeah, the Daniels, of course. I think the Daniels are going to win this. Uh, maybe I'm hoping they win this. Um, I'm scared Steel, Spielberg will win it, but that's yeah, the lazy I'm, choice. I'm that's like the Spielberg Meryl Streep. Yeah, Spielberg already has two. Yeah, it's not a lifetime achievement it's not award. A, it's not at all. Go on. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, those are kind of, yeah, I would, you know, I would have liked, you know, maybe, you know, Sarah Pauly for Women Talking to maybe win. Um, no, maybe not. Um, but yes, he's saying no, maybe not because I'm shaking my head violently. Uh, but no, I, I, I'm, I'm happy with these. I'm uh, happy with these. Okay. I think Steven Spielberg should not be on this list this year. Steven Spielberg yeah. is a very this accomplished year. director. Yeah. This is not the movie to be here. Um, I'm very happy that James Cameron is not on the list again, <sighs> because that God. would have been a very lazy choice as well i am very sad that and i know joe's i'm gonna watch joe's face now um noah bombach for white noise because of the same reason that we said for everything everywhere all of all at once it's a mess but he makes a semblance and some narrative out of a very crazy situation i know and not that we're talking about white noise but 
that movie is based on a book. Noah Baumbach always writes his own stuff. This is based on somebody else's work, and it's it's a difficult adaptation. Yeah, that movie is so. Yeah, yeah. I would. I'm, I would, I'm yeah. sad he's not on the list. I, I, and these are I all. I can ones direct White Noise better. Okay. No, you cannot. Can. Okay, we should say <laughs> well, okay. Check, check this out. We'll watch. <laughs> Shh. <laughs> That's white noise. That's far more entertaining than See that how entire angry movie Joe was. Oh look how Joe is like switched. That, switch those moves. few seconds of white noise. Never way more. I'm I I hate hate that movie. It's really? oh my god. I mean, oh, it's it, like Greta, um, Greta Gerwig and curly hair. It it, <laughs> it it it's exactly the kind of thing that I think makes art house movies annoying to people um sure it's sure it's pretentious class. anyway i think noah bombach <clears throat> deserved i'm sad i would and these are all ones i would put instead of the fable ones um darren aronofsky for the whale why isn't he on the list he's done better work as a director sure this but is I a mean, stage play i know but it's hard to get that level of well first believability and secondly this could be a stage play, right? The whale could have been a stage play. It and was to get a stage that play. Oh, it, it was. was that's right. Play, it yeah. was, yeah. But but again, to get that emotionality and not make it too over the top, I think I think that's missing. And and Alejandro in Alejandro in Arutu for Bardo. I've not False seen that Chronicle one. of a Handful of Truths is a phenomenal movie. And once you watch it, Yazdi, please let's have a chat because okay. uh, this blew me away. I watched this on a plane. Um, as we were on our way to Mexico City, which is the city that Inaritu comes from, and it's set in. And I don't know if it was just the fact that we were on a plane on our way there. Um, this is an amazing movie, and I wish more people had seen it. So uh, many other good ones, Empire of Light, um, The Happening, oh, the so happening, many, yes, so many, yeah. so many missing. Or just happening, yeah. So, um, I would say... Uh, all the others I can live with. You know, Tar... Todd, so again, Kate Blanchett's performance was phenomenal. As a movie in as a whole, yeah, it's technically good, but I didn't warm to it. I didn't love it coming out, right? I I just thought, wow, that's handsome. It is very handsome. It's very handsome, but I don't know if it's like the best directing ever. But again, how do you get that performance from Kate Blanchett? That has to be somewhat on the director too, so... Yeah, I I actually think it's very very carefully constructed. It so is, I, I, I agree, yeah, and it's technically yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. I wouldn't have bemoaned uh, Kosinski, Kominsky, whoever made uh, Top Gun. I think that movie had a very high level of difficulty making a sequel after forty years, and yeah, for it to true. be as entertaining as it yeah. is, that's not that's not child's play, and if, be emotionally resonant. Go on. If there was a prize for production. I, I would give yeah. no, not production design, but movie production. Getting a movie made that would oh. I would give that to Top Gun for and Brock, I would give it to Bruckheimer for Top Gun, right? In the sense of, and it's not best movie, but the the patience to do <laughs> Top Gun, but not directing. I mean, really? it's it it's a fun movie, but. Um, and it's it's marvelous entertainment, but I just <laughs> I just don't see anything other than okay. like lots of technical things. And it's my kind of movie. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm probably going to give away. Well, no, it's not the top of my list you, you, uh, for for best movie of the year, but but it's up there, and I'm delighted to see that it's it's recognized, but not in directing. The one the one director that I think 
uh, and this is you know maybe a little controversial, which is why I'm going to say it, but um, I really, really enjoyed James Gray's Armageddon oh, Time. Yeah, and yeah. as a movie, mm. you know, we've talked about performances, and I, I didn't think of it up until this point in the podcast. Uh, if I'd prepared, I think there would have been performances and um, directing on this list. It's it's certainly one of the movies that had the biggest emotional impact on me in 2022. I think there were some movies which were completely snubbed. And and just just to be clear, there is no snubbing. Nobody actually votes to leave a movie out. Correct. Every, everybody just votes Correct. to include yeah, the movie right. they want. So inadvertently, others get left out. But no nominations for Till, no nominations for... Uh, Armageddon, Armageddon time. time. No nominations for Nope. No nominations I'm, for Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. No, ha- no yeah. costume. She got a costume, costume. design. Oh, Yay. Um, I mean, Nope, as much as I'm not a big fan of it, I think technically it's just amazing. The sound design mm. and the, you know, just the sound design, the production design, all of that. So, yeah, there were some interesting snubs. Had it come out in Q4, I think it would have picked those up. Mm. Because it would have been, like you said, the recency bias, you know. Probably, yeah. All right. Okay, final. On to the big one then. Um, the Best Picture nomination. So the nominees are All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar, The Way of Water, The Banshees of Inishirin, Elvis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fablemans, Tar, Top Gun Maverick, Triangle of Sadness, and women talking. What a list. Take it away. All Quiet on the Western Front just came out uh, of nowhere. Wow. It came out of nowhere. Um, it's, you know, it's this German movie. Uh, it's an adaptation, obviously. There was there have been many adaptations made of it. It's on Netflix. Um, it's, you know, somebody I know, David Clouden, said it best. He said... It's about as good as any movie that's been ever made to make the case about the horrors of war, right? So it's 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 very well made. But I I did not in my wildest dreams expect it to have like nine nominations, you know, small German movie. So it's 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 quite it's very effective, uh, you know. So I I'm I'm glad again I'm glad that we're getting to a place where a movie at net you know, coming out on Netflix is not at a disadvantage because it didn't show up in theaters. It's all kind of leveling out, you know. There's some egalitarianism which is emerging through these nominations, which I kind of like. Um, Elvis does not belong here, if you ask me. Fablemans does not belong here, if you ask me. Agree. Avatar, The Way of Water, why? Agree. I know it made so much money. No. Oh, then (laughs) hypocrisy. No, 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 but hang on a second. What does it say say when all three of us have constantly said, since we knew it was coming out, that we couldn't bear to spend three hours watching it in a movie theater? (laughs) But how do we know it's crap? Because the first one was crap. The first one was <laughs> abominable. But how do we know the sequel is crap? We can't. I, we don't know. I don't want to see it. We don't want to see mean it. mean it's a bad movie. No, that's true. <laughs> okay. okay, fine. Fair enough. Fair enough. Logic I have, bomb. I have seen Elvis and I, I does not belong. <laughs> I'm so happy Triangle of Sadness is here. Again, yes. That's another one. It's a little movie. Nobody saw it. And I'm surprised it made best movie. It only got three nominations, but they're all big ones. Best movie, best director, and best screenplay. So, yay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would have loved to see something like, 
you know, good luck to you, Leo Grande. Or I would have loved to see, you know, some kind of little smaller film year as well. Um, yeah. I mean, Women Talking is kind of the smaller film year. <sighs> so yeah. I have to talk about Women Talking. Um, I finally got around to watching it. And I would say it's a good movie worth watching. It has an important message, but it's too much talking. It literally is women talking and it's so dialogue heavy. It's not like, like they didn't warn you. No, I know. It's literally what it says on the box. It should say warning women talking. It is good, but I think it's just so caught up in its own prestige that it's it's not like a regular narrative. It's basically a bunch of women arguing, debating, not arguing, debating. And it's a very worthy debate. And it talks about patriarchy and Me Too and gender inequality. It talks about all of that stuff. But it doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't seem to... It didn't take me along on its journey. So I think something like she said would have been a much better movie here for me. And again, I agree with all everything you said, Yazdi, about what shouldn't be on there. Why isn't happening on this list? The menu should be on this the list. The menu. This is what the menu should be on this list because I don't know of a single person who dislikes the menu. Correct. Not a one. Correct. And it has a lot to say about how we live, and right? Everybody says yeah. it would be great <laughs> because yeah. everybody <laughs> likes it way more than they expected. So, correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. I mean, um, again, you she know. She said. Yep, she said should have been on this list. Um, Honk for Jesus should have been on this list. Mm -hmm. The unbearable weight of massive talent should have been on the this list. The wonder should have been on the list. Yeah, emergency should have been on emergency this list, right? List. Those are really good movies. Emily Elvis, the criminal. Why is Elvis on this list? Because it made two hundred and eighty-eight million dollars. So <laughs> eh, I'm glad there's ten. I am glad there's ten. I agree with you, Yazdi. I'm glad they've said okay, it's only going to be ten now. And I'm super happy that Triangle of Sadness is here. And it's fun to see Top Gun Maverick. Here too but yeah i i think this whole debate about five versus ten movies started when famously you know christopher nolan got left out from his batman the, the, dark, night. the yeah, dark night yeah so i think if if the goal was to open it up so that just the prestige little you know movies art art house movies that nobody watches only those don't but nominated then opening it up to 10 yeah really helps and, you know, for the longest time, there was this complaint that, you know, the Oscars have lost touch with the common man. So I'm glad that Tom Top Gun is here. I'm glad that Avatar is here because it seems like everybody. And, and the Fablemans, I would call, is a, a mainstream yeah. movie. So, all quiet. Yeah. I was going to say all quiet on the Western front. Now, look, granted, I only managed to get through a quarter of that movie. Um, looked very much like 1914 to me. So I think it owes, yeah. sorry, 1917. Have you seen it yesterday? All Quiet on the Western yeah, Front, yeah, I feel, I've owes a lot good. to 1917 as a movie, and it's come too soon after it. I know emotionally it doesn't, and I know you were floored by it. Like, you loved it, Joe. Um, but yeah. I don't know, is it best movie? Mini, mini review here. So, um, this was an unexpected movie for me in many ways. I, I read something somewhere randomly that suggested it was a very powerful movie to watch and that it was going to be Germany's um, entry for the Oscars. So it kind of piqued my interest because it just popped up, you know, right there on Netflix, ready to watch with no fanfare. So, you know, I did want to watch it and I sat down to watch it and um, it's, I haven't seen the original, the 1940s, I think, mm. version. Uh, I know, I think it was remade in maybe the 70s or the 80s as well. Um, 
But again, you know how I said earlier that After Sun has really stayed with me? So did All Quiet on the Western Front. There were so many um, things in there that were thought-provoking in terms of, of warfare, in terms of politics, in terms of how quickly uh, a, a country and, and people can change about the spirit of people who... It's just... It, it's a very it's a very haunting movie for me in particular because so many of the experiences that the soldiers kind of went through um, and for what and the futility of war. It's, it's very famously an anti-war movie put out by a German uh, in Germany. I think it was 1931, actually, the original. Not not It was pre-World War II. Um, Gosh. So it was... Yeah. And it feels... It just reminded me of all the lessons we haven't learned. And so just mini review for me it just it, it was a stunner um and it's a very masculine movie i'll say that rashmi so you know for me i think part part of the connection is um those boys could have been me if history sure. had birthed me at a different time right if you right? born during world war one. just you know uh and and well as we see in the world today right i mean yeah. Yeah. so I, I i think it's also remarkable that this little movie out of germany released on Netflix with almost no campaigning, no fanfare, managed to pick up. I don't think people are talking enough about it. It picked up best movie and it picked up best foreign film. The last time this happened was Parasite, which did, which did that. But it, it's remarkable. And, you know, speaking of what other movies, I would have liked to see some other foreign movies maybe, you know, somehow get into this. Like Parasite was in. I would have loved to see Decision to Leave or Corsage or any of those maybe, you know, sneak in. But but good, good on... Uh, all quiet on the happening happening would have been great yeah i just because it's so current to the whole abortion right. discussion i didn't love decision to leave really really i know we haven't talked about that either so that's the um korean movie mm-hmm. um i didn't love it oh, i loved it. i couldn't i couldn't i couldn't put my arms around it it's it's romantic in some way <laughs> yeah but it's yeah it's very noir. It is very noir. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I think yeah. that's the end of our end of our Oscar banter. Yeah. Yeah. There's lots to talk about. The Oscars. There's lots to talk about. And there's so many reviews we didn't get to do. But I hope you got a flavor of, you know, our thoughts about some of our favorite movies over the over the uh, last year. And Yazdi, thank you for doing your review. And I'll try and put mine on on the website as well. We did say at some point that we were going to try and do muggies. Muggies, yeah. So for listeners that have followed us for a while, you'll know that um, every now and then when we get around to it, not with any kind of regularity, and we haven't done it for a while because we're not really very professional about any of the stuff that we do on the Talk podcast. Talk yourself. But we do have the Movie Wallers Awards, which we fondly um, think of as the muggies. Because you get a mug with a Movie Wallers well, any, any logo on anyone it. that wins a muggy um, has to write to all of us, take us out for dinner, and they'll get their own <laughs> Movie Wallers mug <laughs> sent to them. Um, so, yes, the, the, the Movie Wallers mug awards, because we do like ourselves a cup of tea with a biscuit. Yes, um, snacks, I would say. So, yeah, I think we should do muggies for 2022. Yeah, for sure. Okay. It's Coming soon. I want to shout out to one of my favorite blogs, which is the filmexperience.net on the internet and they have like article after article with trivia about the Oscars. They do an amazing job culling through everything. 
I did not know, for example, that John Williams is now the oldest uh, music director. He got nominated for the Fablemans at 90 years of age. And that's wow. apparently he's doing one more movie with Spielberg with and Spielberg. then that's it. He's yeah. retiring. Uh, Jerry Bruckheimer, for good reason, has never been nominated, but he, <laughs> he got nominated for Best Picture for Top Gun Maverick. And Bruckheimer is 79. He's no spring chicken either. So Roger Deakins is 73. Bill Nye is 73. Judd Hirsch is 87. So anyway, it's, there's all kinds of interesting trivia. That's uh, cool. I like yeah, that. That's yeah. fun. And, you know, it's interesting that usually... Um, Sequels don't get any love by the Oscars, and two sequels made it into best best film this year. Yes, Avatar, know, and Avatar, and Top Gun. So you know a lot of lot of rules being broken. So, cool. Yeah. What was that? That was the filmexperience.net. Filmexperience.net. The filmexperience.net. They do an amazing job. Super. Check and it it's time for us to have dinner soon. Yes. Yeah. Slurpy time. Podcast. Slurpy time. Pod I know. <laughs> no, we are not. <laughs> Bro broken noodles. <laughs> broken, yes, just to be clear, we are not. Oh. <laughs> we are not. Get your mind out of Silence it. of the lambs. Oh. <laughs> Don't get your mind out of the gutter. I, I didn't know what yesterday was going oh with that. Oh, my God. I was, like, I was talking about Hannibal grief. Lecter. <laughs> It is always fun discussing the Oscars with you guys. Likewise, likewise. I do like, just to bring it back to Oscars and Burgers, that infamous show we did. Yes. I should way back when. Maybe you should put a link in. I do like that it's becoming a little bit more like that now. Burgers. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think good movies are good movies. Yeah. Right? And I think finally there's some recognition for them. Yeah, times are a change. Times you know? have I mean, changed a lot. The way we consume movies as well is, is a lot more casual, right? You know, 10, 10, not that long ago, right? 10 years ago, yeah. we, we were watching these things exclusively in theatres and, 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 you know, big, there was a big to do about the movies. There was a grandeur, which I kind of miss. But now we get to see so many things on a small screen, um, on the back of an airplane, on a cell phone, you know, yeah. on an iPad, on a laptop. Uh, at home on a TV, you know, so that that pomp and maybe snobbery around it can yeah. can you know go away, and we're starting to see, you know, at, at a small movie, yeah, made by right. you know, a small team and a modest budget, yeah, could be, yeah, and I and I think that, and, and that celebrated that problem of sure, there's still problems with distribution. Yes, I know that was always your soapbox. Yeah. I mean, there's still issues with distribution because you still have to get it out to people. You know, case in point, the the one with Andrea Reisberg. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the fact that there are now different platforms to get that content is actually very encouraging. Yeah. It's a great, I think it must be a great time to be a filmmaker. Yeah. It's a great time to be a film consumer. I'm, I'm yes, just looking forward, definitely, definitely. I'm just looking forward to the day when something like Jackass Forever can make it onto the best movies list. You love that. It's. I'm, I'm yeah, not, you liked it too. I'm, I don't, I don't I'm not. It, I am not kidding you. Yeah, I remember you saying ja it was, Jackass Forever was is, emotional for you. It, it's it it is it's possibly behind Top Gun Maverick as my favorite movie of the year. Okay, well we shall see how it does yeah. in the muggies. Yeah, it's not going to get anywhere, but. On, it's it's a powerful yeah. powerful movie. I mean, Yasdi, do you want to just give any final final recommendations of? I know we've talked through a lot of them, but I would love to encourage people to watch things like Brian and Charles, which was a very small movie about a man who creates a robot, and it's about it's not about the robot; it's about loneliness and depression and um, 
what what friendship means. It's a very. Did you watch it, Yasti? No, I haven't. It's just. No. It's very, very. It's and it's funny, right? It's it like a dark. Early, yeah. It's a dark comedy, but ultimately that that one's really good. And we we talked a lot about bones and all, and it's one that stayed with me. I can't dark get it out comedy. of my head. Yeah. And happening, of course, has been like one of the ones at the top of my list. And Bardo, which I keep bringing up. I, you know, I really liked Armageddon Time, and I'm surprised yeah. that 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 one was left out. I, the one I would recommend people seek out, I think, at least amongst the ones which are nominated, is Triangle of Sadness. Yes, it's such an it's such a fun movie. and yes. I'm not giving anything away. It has one of the most perplexing endings, which will have you thinking and thinking and yes. thinking afterwards. So I would recommend people watch that. I also have a soft spot for the movie Cha Cha Real Smooth with Dakota yeah, Johnson. Yeah, that was cute. It's a very sweet movie. It was cute. Um, I, I also like The Wonder a lot. And that movie just got lost, you know, with Florence Pugh. And it was so beautiful. Emily the Criminal didn't get its due. but I like Bros. I really enjoyed Bros. I know you're going to grimace. No, I mean, it, it's okay. I didn't think it was anything special, but yeah. It was very funny. I mean, yeah. that's yeah. all I remember at Bros is it was very funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. And here endeth our show. Yes. Indeed. An hour and 24. Thank you for sticking with us. If you're here, you get a prize. You don't get a prize. <laughs> but thank you anyway. Um, until our next podcast. And, you know, we're, it's it's going to be, you know, the screenings usual. Screenings are starting again. We no, have some screenings coming just, up. Just to manage expectations. Uh, <laughs> I don't think gonna, anyone has any. It, I know. This is the beautiful thing about not having any financial uh, commitments with respect to movie wallers. But... Hang in there. We will podcast as often as we can. It's just going to be a slow start to the year, as always. I am looking forward to uh, the new M. Night Shyamalan, but we'll see. Yes, that's right. Um, he's, he's disappointed as often as he's amused. So Yeah. It, who's that fellow that's in it? The, the big guy? Um, I oh, yeah. The love guy, him. Uh, the guy from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, uh, and that hotel movie. And but, from Glass Onion. Uh, what's his name? Oh, um... I know. We're the hopeless. Guy, Dave Bautista. Dave, Dave Bautista. Bautista. Yeah. He, I don't know why he... And knock he, on the cabin door was that one. Right. That looks interesting. Isn't that, that this that's one? one? That's oh, the one. Oh, that is the one. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. Yes, next week. Yeah. All right. Very too good. many movies. Too little time. We are off for some noodles. A goodbye from me. And me. And me as well. <laughs>